Movies, and a rap. This piece is banging, y'all! Movies, and a rap. And a rap. And a rap. Movies, movies. Move, move, movies, and a rap. Yes, you're very welcome back to Movies and a Wrap, where we talk movie news, reviews, what's new, and we finish with a 60-second wrap. I'm your host, Alex Gogarty, and you're very welcome to the show. We're back after a brief hiatus. I intended this episode to be all about the Oscars, the winners, the losers. That's about it. Uh, But it has now been three weeks since the Oscars, so that news is a little bit outdated. Time moves fast in the entertainment world, boys and girls. In Hollywood, time moves quickly. I followed this YouTuber and podcaster who also reviews films, mostly about comic books and uh, TV shows and comics themselves. And he's spoken about in the past about um, trailer breakdowns, so like the big thing on YouTube. So when a new trailer comes out for a new Marvel film or some hotly anticipated film, all these YouTubers will, within a couple of hours, have this like whole really in-depth trailer bre- breakdown uploaded to their channel. And it'd be like 20 minutes long of like frame by frame exactly what happens in the trailer and what it's referring to and what we can guess from this footage about what's going to be in the film. But he says he's in Australia, so when a trailer drops, he kind of just, no matter what he's doing, has to kind of drop what he does and immediately start working on breakdown because, you know, the first person to release it or the first few videos, that they get all the views and thus uh, he makes all his money. I have taken a more relaxed approach, as you might surmise, uh, this being so late. But um, I hope you enjoy all the same. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Or, sorry, it's, it is, in my case, about the destination, not the journey. So... Disregard the journey, we're at the destination, and that's what's important. What are we doing today? We're doing what we're doing. We're doing what we do every week. We are going to review a couple of films, a good one, a bad one, and a great one. We are going to chat through the hottest news of the last couple of weeks. We are going to talk about the Oscars briefly, but also some very titillating news about the Golden Globes, which just broke as I am recording this. And we're going to give some highlights of what films have been released to streaming in the last couple of weeks. And we're going to finish, of course, with a wrap. But before we do that, we've got a letter. What's with all these letters, man? Yes, indeed, it is letters time. Guys, may I remind you that we're only going to 10 episodes of this season. So that means that after this, there are just two episodes left. So if you would like a letter or an email to be read out, please get in touch. You can email moviesunderwrap at gmail.com or you can DM the Instagram page. That's at moviesunderwrap on Instagram. We have one letter this week from my good friend, Olivia Vaughan. Olivia, thank you for getting in touch. Liv writes, Hi Alex, last Sunday after a particularly degenerate weekend, I watched four movies that would allow me to cry for the day. They were one, A Star is Born, two, The Green Mile, three, The Time Traveler's Wife, and four, The Pianist. Please rank these in your preference and also what is the saddest movie you've ever seen apart from Interstellar? Shout out to Alana Higgins and Finn Murphy for not leaving the house that day either. Thanks, your friend Olivia. Thank you again, Liv. Uh, of those four, I will, I'll pick just one, which was my favourite and also the saddest, that being The Pianist. Intensely sad film, but... I mainly pick it because it reminds me of this one particular scene, which is not sad at all. And if you ever want to see whether or not you're a good person, go onto YouTube, look up the pianist wheelchair scene. And I won't say any more, but if you laugh, you are going to hell. And watching that particular scene, we watched the pianist when I was in transition year, I think, in probably history class or SPHE or something. And this particular scene came on the screen. And I don't know, I'd say half the class just 
burst out laughing and uh, we got in a lot of trouble because it's not something you should laugh at but yeah we did so the penis though actually is is extremely extremely sad and a brilliant film i'd have to pick that what is the saddest movie i've ever watched you know we spoke about this around this couple of weeks ago about the films at which i've cried the most but i mean that's not necessarily the saddest films you've ever seen a few spring to mind that i didn't mention last time one my sister's keeper uh we were once getting a bus back from a ski trip which took like 36 hours and there was five of us sitting in the very back of the bus extremely shocked and then someone thought it was a good idea of like the three dvds to bring to watch on this terrible bus full of students one of the dvds they brought was my sister's keeper and like we were too shocked to sleep but you couldn't avoid this screen so we were just there watching this terribly sad film about a poor young girl who has cancer and just weeping for the two hours that it was so that one's extremely sad marley and me is another i mean it's obvious but to me is an example of people sadistic people that knew what they were doing and did it a lot so by it i mean how to make people cry so spoiler alert for the film marley and me which came out 64 years ago the dog dies and they don't even present it in a very particularly nuanced way or like the film isn't like particularly amazing but they just know that okay dogs dying is really sad so let's just hammer that and hammer it and hammer and hammer and hammer and hammer it and they just keep bludgeoning you to death with that at the end of the film and it's extremely sad to be fair very effective but i would say the saddest film ever i'm slightly contradicting myself because a couple of weeks ago i said that bambi isn't that sad and real films are sadder than animated films but the fox and the hound if you've seen that animated film it is they shouldn't show that to children they do it's in fact marketed towards children and it's intensely intensely upsetting so Olivia that would be my answer for you let's move to the next section news 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 time straight up top it ain't news no more but let's talk about the Oscars very briefly Nomadland big winner Kel surprise Je suis was not su- surprised in any way nor was anyone really Nomadland winner Chloe Zhao best director and Francis McDormand best actress all thoroughly deserved all thoroughly deserved to be honest Chloe Zhao we've just seen the 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 birth of a superstar 100% so she's Chinese she is just 39 which is ridiculous she became only the second woman in history to win best director after Catherine Bigelow and the first non-white woman to win in the category also apparently her so this is I read this for Wikipedia but her comments and films have been censored or left unreleased in China due to perceived criticism of the country including her best director win at the Academy Awards being censored she is ruffling a lot of feathers and all for in a positive way and she's also as i mentioned birth of a star she's going to be absolutely huge her next film is eternals which is the next biggest the next big marvel film so that's going to be massive and she's also directing the next reboot of dracula so big box office films she's going to be huge so interesting things from the oscars though that i did enjoy the big shock was anthony hopkins winning best actor i don't think it's an inherent shock for his performance which unfortunately i still haven't watched but by all accounts is unbelievable but apparently it was the way that it came about it was quite a surprise so for the first time they decided to put best actor as the last film announced normally it's or sorry the last award announced normally it's best picture and the heavy favorite for best actor was chadwick boseman who of course passed away last year um, and he was nominated for matt rainey's black bottom so everyone assumed okay well best actor is last he's the heavy favorite presumably they're going to end on him and it's going to be like a post posthumous award people are going to come and get pay tribute maybe there'll be tribute to other other stars that have passed and 
and the, the coronavirus or whatever. That's what everyone expected to happen. Then Anthony Hopkins was announced as the winner. He is, of course, the oldest nominee and now oldest winner ever at 83. Naturally, he's 83. He wasn't at the ceremony. And they weren't allowing Zoom acceptances or Zoom or video uh, speeches so then it just ended it was like oh anthony hopkins is the winner and now uh, the oscars is over so um it was quite anticlimactic by all accounts so that threw people off but fair play to him another couple of quick call outs from me judas and the black messiah we're going to review that shortly in a few minutes both the lead actors were nominated for best supporting actor which is strange because then you know if they're both best supporting actor who was the bloody lead actor in the film both phenomenal performances, Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel won. Fair play to him. But yeah, bit of a quirk there. It reminds me of in for the Oscars for the first Godfather, both Al Pacino and Marlon Brando were nominated. But Marlon Brando was nominated for Best Actor and Al Pacino as Best Supporting Actor. And it was like a political thing. They didn't want them both in the same category because they thought they would both win. So they were both present or they were both kind of put forward in separate categories. And Al Pacino boycotted the ceremony because he refused to be recognized as a supporting actor because he had more screen time than Marlon Brando. This is kind of a weird reverse of that in that they're both put in supporting actor category, but one of them did win. So great. And also great to see that international, best international feature film went to Another Round, which was recommended to me by Kira McAniff all those weeks ago, reviewed here on the pod. Great film with Mads Mikkelsen. Check it out. So first new news of the week, I mentioned it up top, the 2022 Golden Globes have been cancelled amidst uh, amidst recent studio boycotts. This is actually quite monumental news, so I think it just only broke about an hour ago as I'm recording this podcast, which is Monday the 10th of May at 9pm. So I'm going to read this from Deadline, reporting that there will be no Golden Globes on NBC in 2022, as the Hollywood foreign... Press Association continues to falter in reforming itself to the satisfaction of Hollywood studios and stakeholders. So nothing new here in terms of criticism, okay? So we all know that award ceremonies in general and all the awards bodies in the US are predominantly white, uh, predominantly heterosexual, predominantly male. And so minority voices and performances already get recognized. The Hollywood Foreign Press is that on racist steroids. And it was before the ceremony this year in February that it was revealed that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, so they're the ones that that make up the body that that, uh, awards the Golden Globes, they have zero black members. So they've just been getting railroaded for the last few months, for the last couple of years, to be honest, same as all of them, for having such poor representation and by a couple of vocal celebrities. Then in recent times, Amazon, Netflix, and now Warner Media have all cut ties saying that they won't be submitting any of their films to the ceremony next year for awards until proper reform is undergone. Now, it's been announced that it's been cancelled. And in news following that, apparently Tom Cruise has now returned his three Golden Globes that he won over the years back to them, saying he doesn't want them anymore. Perhaps even more celebrities will now follow on doing that. It's no great loss. Like I've said here before, there's too many awards, first of all, to, to really have any kind of magnitude or any real value. The Academy Awards are the main one that, that, that people really care about, even those have are, are a shadow of their former selves, but probably still as exclusive, exclusionary as their former selves as well. So who really cares? That said, the this is probably the easiest one to boycott as well because of that, I suppose, because it has the least prestige att- attached. It's a bit of a joke. Like it's the one that Ricky Gervais hosted i think five years in a row or five out of seven years and he would just openly mock the hollywood foreign press association while kind of a little bit pissed and uh, 
took the piss out of everyone in the audience evidently not that serious an award ceremony but also one that is rooted in you know bias and privilege and unfairness so it's good that it's being dismantled so yeah that's going to be a big change for next year maybe that's the end of the golden globes in general maybe that's going to mean there's a sea of change going with all the other awards hopefully next piece of news so following on from what i was saying about chloe Zhao, here's another hot tip for you for 2021 2022 and for directors the future miss olivia wilde herself the actress so probably best known as a director for Booksmart, which her, her well it was her debut feature it came out a couple of years ago the it's, it's oversimplifying it but super bad with girls so high school comedy really funny she is just on the up and up so her, she has another film coming out this year called don't worry darling it's a psychological thriller about a 1950s housewife she's directing it also has a supporting role starring florence Pugh and harry styles in his next his first role since dunkirk also kiki lane and chris pine are in that as well she's also attached to direct a film called perfect which is where this week's news comes from that film will follow the story of u.s olympic gymnast kerry strug olivia wilde has just cast thomason mckinsey to co-star i just saw this as a headline and i thought geez this girl it ain't stopping she's also attached to direct a female-centered superhero film as part of the sony pictures universe of marvel characters franchise they're calling it so that's like venom kind of spider-man as well and that kind of universe they're creating so just another call out for you guys olivia wilde on the up and up if her if booksmart is anything to go by we have much to look forward to and uh, next piece of news this this wasn't really news and then i read it again and i was like what the hell this completely missed me so two films are skipping streaming sorry skipping cinema this year and actually going straight to streaming so that is kind of news i suppose that's how things are going to go some studios are just going to completely boycott cinemas now and just go straight to streaming it'll be easier others will be the opposite they'll say no they'll boycott streaming and go to cinema only but uh two that were announced so a sci-fi thriller called infinite starring mark Wahlberg and the latest adaptation of cinderella are both heading straight to streaming services instead of to cinemas so i read that again and i was like cinderella was there not one of those like two years ago there was 2015 six years ago was the most recent <laughs> depiction of cinderella on screen there's going to be a new one. And starring Camilla Cabello. Cabello from... You can work from home. What's that band called again? From... Um, oh, come on. From Fifth Harmony. It's her acting debut. Random. Where did that come from? I don't know. I actually kind of hear for it. Like, the other one was a bit boring. But it, just, it also probably just set a dangerous precedent. Six years. We're getting another reboot. Another depiction of Cinderella. Six years after the last one. And it's not even like Cinderella Reborn or Cinderella 2 or Cinderella untold it's just cinderella so i don't know i don't know are they just gonna where's where does it end you know dracula chloe's out making a new dracula there was a dracula untold very recently where's the originality that's what i want to know but yeah cinderella camilla caballo interesting and then last piece of news guys simply because i read this and thought the <laughs> plot sounded so generic and hilarious so idris elba has been cast to star in a film called stay frosty an action film for Sam Hargrave, who's probably best known as directing the Chris Hemsworth action film from on Netflix from last year, I think two years ago, called Extraction. There was apparently this like massive auction, a frenzied auction for the script. And I was like, okay, well, this is obviously going to be something hot. This is the plot synopsis. After miraculously surviving a bullet to the head, a man has to figure out who wants him dead and why. He needs to stop the assassin while still making it back home in time to spend Christmas with his son. <laughs> So it starts as a generic Jason Bourne knockoff. Who who's chasing me and why are they killing me? Not even Jason Bourne. That's so many films at this stage. But then also, hey, it's Christmas. So keep an eye out for that one. Probably going to be released Christmas of next year. 
Idris, I see you, man. I see you, baby. That's all the news this week, guys. Let's go to the next section. Movie and TV reviews. 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 Triple review time. Three reviews coming at you. Good, bad, and great. Let's start with the good. We spoke about it already in this podcast. Judas and the Black Messiah. Watched it for the first time two weeks ago. Good. Good is really good. Really, really good, actually, I should say. If you don't know about it, it details the struggle of the Black Panthers in late 1960s Chicago, particularly the leader of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party, Fred Hampton. So he's played by Daniel Kaluuya. He's betrayed by an informant in his group called Lakeith, or sorry, called William, William, William O'Neill, but he's played by Lakeith Stanfield. Brilliant, really well made, very taut, very kinetic. I also didn't know that much about the Black Panthers. Like uh, I, before even... I was reminded of my lack of knowledge when watching the trial of the Chicago Seven last year. Fred Hampton is also depicted in that. It's it's phenomenal what they achieve. Like just even as like a like a group for for social change and grassroots political activism and just like education and food banks and all this like incredible incredible stuff those achieved as by by the organization as a whole. But this this betrayal is is one of the most well known parts of I suppose the story if you want to call it that. Really, really well done. These two guys are, speaking of hot, speaking of being on fire, Daniel Kluya and Lakeith Steinfeld, they are on fire, these two boys. They did so well to cast them both, and then they both did so well, bloody performing in them. Lakeith Steinfeld, Steinfeld as well, if I can point out a couple of things that he's in, which are like might fly, fly somewhat under the radar, but are both class. Well, he's in loads of bloody things, but... Uh, but Uncut Gems from a couple of years ago, he has a supporting role in that. Most people should know that film at this stage, starring Adam Sandler. He's class in that. But then this film from 2018 called Sorry to Bother You, about he plays a young black man who's hired in a call center, and then he discovers that he's able to put on a really good white person imitation voice, and then it kind of gets him ahead, from, ahead of everyone else. It sounds like it's, it's like a Ricky Gervais-esque concept comedy, but it's actually very dark, very abstract extremely surprising and muchos good but yeah judas and the black messiah thoroughly deserving of daniel Kaluuya's win as as best supporting in inverted commas actor lakeith could have won it as well highly recommend checking it out bad film i watched this week tom cruise in oblivion i don't even know why i watched it like it's one of those things i've always seen on netflix being like oh it's kind of like a sci-fi film with tom cruise i might like it wasn't good wasn't good it was it's in the low fives as in like three four five it if i can describe the the aesthetic it's like airpods like he looks like an airpod he, he drives like airpods everything around the place is like this kind of weird apple knockoff like i don't know it's strange and the he is not convincing in it tommy didn't want to go and glove for it though not that he has any anymore I did something which I ha- you hate to do, but I watched the first 25 minutes. I was like, this is really not compelling. Is this going to be any good? I Googled it to see what people thought of it, and I saw that it got really bad reviews. So I packed it in. So does, do I lose my validity as a reviewer? Did I have any in the first place? So, you know, you answered both those questions. But no, it was bad. So uh, let's give Judas and Black Messiah 8, 7.58. Let's give Oblivion 4 but I can't, I suppose, four asterisks, didn't watch the whole thing. But best movie I watched, literally, was last night, something called The Big Sick with 
Kumail Nanjiani. He and his wife wrote this film a few years ago, I think 2017. When they first met, they were like dating for a few months and then she became very sick and she actually fell into a coma, which she was in for like six months. And so it was a strange position for him to be in because they had only been seeing each other for a short time. And then he had to spend a lot of time with her parents. They were both kind of like, wait, they're all waiting on her in the hospital. And he's Pakistani and she is American. So it was like a bit of a culture clash there with her parents as well. And then when she eventually emerged from a coma in real life a few months later, like three months after that or something, they got married, which is a lovely true life story. But they together wrote a script for a rom-com based on how they met called The Big Sick. And that's the film I watched last night. It was brilliant. It was class. One of the, one of, one of the be- better, if not best, rom-coms I've seen in many a year. Funny, touching, and very good. <laughs> that's all you're getting from me from adjectives. But yeah, you know what? Just you got to watch it. <laughs> best film of this week. That's going to be a nine. Like, it's honestly, it was class. So, comes highly recommended. You guys watch that, please. Okay, let's go to the next section, shall we? What's new, Pussycat? New releases, that is. What is new? What is up? What has recently been released to streaming and is worthy of your attention? So, everything that I say here has been released in the last week. Let's start with Amazon Prime. Despicable Me and Despicable Me 2. I love the Despicable Me films. I did go through a phase where the first Despicable Me, so it's scored by Pharrell Williams. He does like loads of different songs for it. And there's one, I think it's like one of the main themes where it, his the song ends and it's probably called Despicable Me. And then Pharrell Williams at the end of the song goes, hmm, Despicable Me. And then you know when like you just get something that, like worms in your head, like if it's a quote or like a line from a song or just like a phrase or like something you say and I just kept saying that this is I don't know 2013 even just to myself I'd be like hmm despicable me and there's no chance that like that wasn't seen by random people on the streets I do it all the time I do when I was working I do just walking along just like you know you you don't realise like hmm despicable me (laughs) what would people have thought was going on in my head I'm like hmm despicable me other things I remember that used to get caught in my head when I was a child there's a quote from the first, well, the only Daredevil film where Kingpin says, how do you kill a man without fear? And I used to say that all the time. I used to say it to my sisters, it would really annoy them. I'd go up to them, I'd say, how do you kill a man without fear? Other things that have been stuck in my head, this has nothing to do with Disciple Me anymore. I also remember as a very young child having, it's the final countdown to Lidu. It stuck in my head all the time, like to the point where it was like I thought I was going crazy. Any time I wasn't thinking of something specific, my head would just my brain would switch back to it's the final cut. But anyway, Despicable Me and Despicable Me Two is pretty good as well. Despicable Me first one much better. On Now TV, Tanet. Remember Tanet, guys? Last summer, Jesus, the Great Divider. You are the Great Divider, and I'm the Prefector. The Great, what's that song? The Great Defector. That next one. Tenet. I really liked it. Definitely flawed, but so ambitious. Really went for something completely different and really good. First half is class, like a really good spy film. And I love my spy films. Some people, not some people's cup of tea, but definitely worth checking out. And if you didn't like the first half, though, you won't like the second. So you can let that, I'll let you be the judge of that. Netflix, speaking of loving spy films, I also love heist films. Heat, one of my favorite films of all time with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, who we mentioned earlier today. Baby Driver has been re- released to Netflix. Very good, very accomplished heist film. And uh, not up there with the best, but certainly extremely good. And good, the, like these days, they're always like kind of crappy, like smash and grab or like 
almost b-movie-esque ones where it's just like guns and like really quick cuts and stuff this was is actually quite stylish and well made so would recommend that jupiter's legacy has also been released to netflix a new superhero series gonna review that next week i have so far negative feelings towards it but i will chat about that next time yep top tip this week for on streaming i would highlight probably despicable me or baby driver but if you can watch it somehow have access to it the big sick would be my recommendation of the week next section and final section now it's time for a wrap no seriously no i'm serious it's wrap time yes guys it is wrap time we're having a couple of audio issues we're gonna have to power through we also have a royalty issue where we've got a new website we're using and i am 80 percent sure that they're going to repeat the name of the website which is take tones like eight times during the song it's hard to know until i record it and put it together but if so i apologize and i hope you guys enjoy let's go i never won academy awards academy awards never won me I'm not in it for the praise, rest assured Unless by praise I mean the money Come on, 2022 Golden Globes gone forever Hollywood Farm and Press going for a big siesta Winning Oscars but embargoes, man that's own impressor Chloe Zhao, number one, second woman ever One hand giveth, the other take away Tom Cruise might be straight, yup, Tom Cruise might be gay Gay back as Golden Globes, now we're just the same Not a single Oscar or an Emmy to our names No need to whisper, don't kiss your sister Walk 10,000 steps and now I have a bliss my favorite ever teacher was a missus, not a mister Went to visit years ago, but she was out, I missed her Time to wrap it up, time to sleep instead Time to rest my weary head upon my weary bed Seven days rest, then we're back to break some bread Movies and a rap and a rap is what I say, yo! Thank you very much, this has been another episode of Movies and a Rap I hope you enjoyed, please get in touch And we'll see you next time <laughs>